0: Ian and garlic here i almost pronounced my name ian because we were just talking about it <laughs> i've got matt johnston uh matt is uh the founder of guide social global is that is that what we're calling it these days
1: <laughs> yeah i mean global's not in the business why, name why but. did
0: I, why did i think there was global in there
1: because that's the freaking website. It's guidesocialglobal.com. Like somebody convinced me for SEO that was a good idea at some point. I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, Matt, I'm super excited we're going to talk about online lead gen. We're going to talk about fake user reviews. We're going to talk about all things video. But just before we get going, i Matt and I, Matt was on uh, Giants of Video two years ago. And I remember Matt giving an amazing talk. Wow, was it two years? Wow, it's two years. Yeah, that this little thing called the pandemic just went, poof. Um, and Matt gave an amazing talk on TikTok. And some people listened to me and made a lot of money. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I gotta dance and sing on TikTok," and now they're like, "Do you know any TikTok experts?" Uh, so I'm Matt. Just gonna talk about what's cutting edge right now in video and lead gen. So I think you should listen to him. Listen to them this time. All right, Matt. How do we generate leads with video? <laughs> <laughs> so let's, what, let's, actually, let's go through your time? case study. Let's go through <laughs> your case study first uh, of the client. You have a lead gen agency that you work with that's lead, generating leads for attorneys. We won't name the, the agency, but tell me about this. How uh, how did they come to you? Why did they come to you? How did you make it work?
1: Well, they, they came to me because they can't really advertise on Facebook and Instagram and I don't know if anybody should at this point. So great. Good for them. So they, so they were scaling through YouTube and they, they sort of observed that their YouTube um, was with, with the volume that they were spending, which was somewhere in the realm of, you know, half a million dollars a month. I mean, with, with the volume they were spending, it was eating creative for breakfast. Like, so it just constantly needed new creative and new ideas and, and things like that. So they were just, you know, these just, uh, they were just out there trying to figure out how to, how to make a mark. And, and, and luckily, um, you know, they were willing to go a little bit outside of the normal comfort zone. I mean, because a lot of the stuff that we make, um, I use, I use a lot of actors and we do commercials essentially, but Um, they don't look like TV commercials necessarily, but they're scripted, well-shot commercials, often funny. And, um, the first, I mean, we're, we're working with them long-term now, but when we first started working together, I, uh, I made them, you know, what we call our centerpiece ads essentially, which is like a commercial person talking to camera script that I write. Um, I direct it all as well. Like we're small. And, um, yeah, I mean, the ad was like super funny. I thought it had a talking fish in it. There was a running sushi gag. Um, but on top of those <laughs> pieces, which were for the memorable piece of it, there was direct response stuff, right? It was essentially like my, my centerpiece video script model. Um, I, you know, i call it like the four R's cause we all need like these little these little methodologies, right? But <laughs> rile, release, reveal, uh no, it's relate, rile, reveal, release. Essentially, it's pain, agitate, solve, right? Like we rile up the emotions, um we stir up the problem and we we identify the uh empathetically, which I think is everything. I think empathy is like the most important thing in our I think it's the most important thing in life actually, personally. And but 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 it also like really helps sell. So um, you bring in that ideal customer and then you, know, you, you, you tell them why you're the obvious choice to the problem and the emotion that you just stirred up. And my secret sauce besides comedy is writing the story always from a customer perspective so that they can essentially trace the journey. You know and it's not it doesn't pretend to be a testimonial it's way too well produced and clearly scripted nobody's gonna think it's a testimonial but it's written from that customer perspective so I mean when you think about it who's who are you gonna trust like let's say you let, let's say that you want video because that's what Ian and I both like sell video as a product right like if you want video like are you gonna trust Matt Johnston saying hey I'm amazing at what I do. You should come work with us. Or are you more likely to trust somebody else, anybody else, honestly, just saying, hey, you know who's great with video? Matt Johnston. You should hire him to make ads for you. That's going to have a lot more weight because there's that third-party view on it. And obviously, the closer they're connected, the better, you know? So that's where, you know, customer stories and testimonials come in, which is great because then you can pull on the emotional angle. But I write it from the customer perspective because that's where the empathy comes from. Because I'm basically hoping that I can put a mirror up to the viewer, like the ideal customer, and they'll say, yep, that's me. I got all that shit going on. So I should be interested. And that's obviously important with YouTube tactically because you pay for... Uh, everybody that watches past 30 seconds so you want to get everybody out that is not interested before 30 seconds so that they're it's a free impression so uh, and just keep and just pay for the people that are actually interested in your in your service so with this ad it was essentially you know it was marketing to people that get in that have gotten just recently been in a car accident and Um, It was easy for me to write because I was in one when I was in Vegas like 10 years ago. I was in a car accident that it wasn't my fault and I didn't talk to a lawyer. Cause I, did, I didn't come across a service like this cause uh, I probably could have gotten a much bigger settlement. I didn't get a settlement at all. Like I just like, it was just a freaking disaster. And I just wrote for my experience, you know, and it was a funny ad. I don't know why the talking fish showed up. mean I'll put a link in the show notes or something, but, um, it's, uh, uh but he was funny. And, um, we sort of, like that. I feel like that's the other piece of it that a lot of people are missing when it comes to this. Like a lot of, like all of my ads are doing basic marketing stuff. Pain, agitate, solve. I call it relate, rile, reveal, release, right? Like relate to them, show empathy, bring in the ideal customer, rile, stir up the emotions, reveal, how are you, like what's your unique offer? And how do you uniquely solve that problem that they have and then release? It releases the tension that was built up from having that problem, right? You're sort of having your future your, your future casting, like the fact that if you sign up for this, my, my, my tension and stress will be released. But I feel like the X factor is the memorable side of it, you know? Right now, I'm almost through. I haven't read it all. <laughs> but um, have you read Tipping Point? that Malcolm Gladwell book, really famous Malcolm Gladwell book. So he, he talks a lot about that, um, that memorable piece, you know, like it's the memorable thing, you know, like he talked about Paul Revere's ride at the beginning. And he was talking about how Paul Revere was able to spread this message far and wide when he went on his big ride and somebody else apparently did like almost the same thing, but you never hear about them and the British invaded anyway and they weren't ready for it. Cause like that dude, like, I don't know what it was. He wasn't as charismatic or memorable or whatever it was. He wasn't able to get the job done while Paul Revere was. And that's really interesting, you know, because I feel like the most successful ads that we've had, um, in this lead gen capacity have had that memorable moment. Like it's not just like, uh, I mean, think about every, every like lawyer ad that you see on TV, especially, right. It's typically something like, did you get caught in a car crash do you know that you deserve X, Y, Z? There's a better way. Call, call, blah, blah, Like, you know, it's like the same thing. And it's very serious, you know? Um, and there might be some social proof in there. But man, like, what if you put in some, like, I think, like, I don't know. As I get older, I reflect a lot more. And one of the things that I realize is that I feel like I'm just talking and talking, but I guess I'm a guest on your podcast. So I guess that's okay. Uh, one of the um one of the uh like all the biggest successes in my i know i know i know right (laughs) one of the biggest success like i i feel like all the biggest successes in my life and there's been a lot of losses more losses than successes but like all the biggest successes have come from the risks that i've taken um and i feel like um like What I'm really realizing lately, this is a big, big moment for me, is that I've realized that it's impossible to win in the middle, you know? I mean, I've really realized that. And, like, everybody is out there selling how to copy and paste their stuff into your stuff. And essentially, we all sign up for it because it just sounds easy. And we we have imposter syndrome about our ability to do it. So we say, okay, I'll just take that and do that. But event, but you're not really going to win that way because nobody wins in the middle. So you need to find a way to take a risk. You know, I mean, that's the difference between being successful and not, I think. And uh, I guess like in a way that's our secret to success with the ads that we make you know, I mean, a lot of people come to this and they want stuff that other people have made. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to make that for them, you know, because, you know, they're like, you know, because it's just imposter syndrome, right? Like, hey, my friend made this ad and they're spending a thousand dollars a week on it now. So I think we should do that. And it sounds attractive, but I mean, what's your brand going to be, you know, um, everybody's so concerned about money and numbers now. What are we talking about the case study? Listen, the ad had a talking fish. It was super funny. (laughs) Nobody was doing a YouTube ad for lawyers that had a talking fish in it. It did all the right marketing stuff. And that's why it worked.
0: Essentially. I believe. Yeah. And you got, I mean, creative is important. I think that everyone freaks out about algorithms and freaks out about all this other stuff. And if you just have really good creative and a good clear offer, you can win and stand out. Like I think what you said, nobody wins in the middle is key. Like you cannot, there was, there was time you could put a video up and people would watch it. Now there's 8 million videos for people to watch. You've got to stand out. So when you're trying to stand out, what, what, how are you doing that? What, how are you figuring out what's going to stand out? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question.
1: I mean, I, I think one thing you definitely could do that I don't really do is look at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. I think maybe I do that instinctively, but I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, for me, like I don't know, I'm a bit auteur with it. Like most people, like I would say 99% of businesses don't have an ad like I often make, and which has humor and is fun and is not, a fr- and actually like doesn't tell cringe jokes and you know is actually well produced and thought through and the acting is really good. And so I sort of hinge on that. But I think if you're thinking through it, because you don't know I don't know about that, you want to know what, what this means to you, right? Like if you're thinking about how to be memorable, um, I mean, I think the, I mean, obviously the best thing that you can do is put yourself in the customer's shoes, first of all, because you have to think about what they're thinking about, because you definitely have to call them out and you have to, you have to 100% empathize with them. And you know that whole thing, like it's funny because it's true. That's it. That's the whole. That's like the whole game, you know. Um, I have little tips and tricks for comedy that I use in my scripts, but um, you know, I think that in order to stand out, I think you need to be extremely honest, and that about what the pain and problems are, and then one of the tricks that I often do for comedy is to just sort of, and to make an ad memorable is I kind of do, like I kind of internally in my head call it the family guy technique. You watch family guy, Ian? Yeah. So you know how they often, when they tell jokes in family, like they have this little thing they've been doing for 20 years. My God, family guy's been on forever. And they go, And they quick go to a scene, which is like, you know, it's kind of like when Kate Moss fell through the cracks in my floor or something. I just remember that specific joke. And then they go, they flip over to Kate Moss falling through the crack in the floor or something. So that's what I often do. Like I find a metaphor for like the pain or the problem or something or the struggle or the stress. And I find a way to blow that up to a sort of like absurd level and that really helps with um helps with the comedy um i think in the like in the with with the talking fish i think it was just simply having a guide you know and i've written a few characters like that where uh and it was a cartoon character not an actual actor that i put in uh, obviously was <laughs> And uh, like that guide ended up filling the role of, you know, we have person who is stressed out, confused, doesn't know what to do. The guide comes in and helps, help them, helps them see the light, um, it's, which is just sort of a device. But um, I think if you can think of one device that really puts things in, in a really unique perspective, you have a chance at it. I mean, I wish it was easy. Like I wish that's the thing. Everybody's like, everybody wants a quick fix answer where they're kind of like, you know, Oh, I can just read a book on this and be able to like do a funny ad or I just, or like be memorable or something. But like, it's not necessarily easy to do, which is, I guess why I have an agency, but like, I would say, so, so, so I guess like the best, the most tactical advice, honestly, is just look at what everybody's doing and do the opposite. You have a much better chance of getting noticed,
0: right? You know, I I think that's a big thing because people see a 30 second ad, they're like, oh, this seems so simple and easy because it's 30 seconds, but you've spent all this time boiling it down to that 30 seconds or to two minutes that they don't see in all the years of experience that make you think, oh, I need to switch this word to this word and this word to this word. And it's really, like you said, they're uh, like, do the opposite, be brave, but then you gotta, you gotta put the work in, don't you? Yeah, you gotta put the work in. Well, one of
1: the great things about running ads for lead gen, we don't run the ads, we just do video, but like one of the great things about it is that you're not selling the product, you know, you're selling the call or you're selling the application. And I think one of the reasons why these videos work so well for lead gen is because they're really good at stirring up the emotion because people buy because of emotion, not because of logic. Logic um, is a factor and it pushes them over the edge, but ultimately it's emotion is the reason why people will buy. And without some sort of ad creative, you're not going to get that emotion, you know? Whether it's like something like I do, which is like a scripted commercial or something like you do, Ian, with your customer testimonials. I mean, I'm sure that those are emotion based, right? Obviously, I feel X, Y, Z now because I did ABC. People want to feel like that. And that moves others to buy because they see themselves in that in that person but the wonderful thing is you stir up that emotion with the creative in a way that only video can do and then you're just selling an app like all i got to do is fill out an application all i need to do is book a phone call you know rather than it's a much harder game in e-commerce and we we do a lot of that too but it's a much harder game in e-commerce when you're trying to get somebody to go cold to a product page and buy a two or three hundred dollar product still works works better with a video ad than anything else but um, it's so much easier to sell a phone call as, and, but, but here's the trick that I've noticed re- that, that people don't focus on enough, just sell the phone call, just sell the application. You know what I mean? Like you need to get people to that next step and then you shouldn't be relying on the ads for everything, right? Like it should be taken over by an actual sales process on the other end. Our goal is to get, you know, get good people clicking through and converting, And then your goal is to sell those people. Usually when a lot of leads aren't closing, it's not the ads, it's Mm -hmm. the sales process. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I agree completely. I hear that all the time that internet leads don't work. I'm like, they put their name in there for a specific thing. Yes, some of them might not be exactly right, but you, and and to your point, if if you drove a motion if you drove the person's emotion, you can't wait because that emotional dissipate. That's the other part too, right? It's like they're an emotional high or low, however you did it, they're emotional now. You've got to hit that lead then and keep that emotion where it was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, what I love to, I mean, what I love to, I mean, like we don't do what you do, but what, what businesses should do is they should have some of the stuff that we do or create it themselves that's this sort of memorable um, conversion-based ad, you know, with that helps brand it and converts. But then they need to have the stuff that you do because it continues to reinforce the message, right? It continues to reinforce, oh, that's why I booked the call. That's, w- oh, oh, wow, they are different. Because these people might have filled out three applications in the last week for this same similar offer, Right. How, I mean, how many of us have done lead gen? I know I've done it for my own company that you've like got on the phone with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, what was that form I filled out? I filled out like three of them this week for uh, blah, blah companies. Um, but if you send them testimonials that are clear, that are emotional, well done, um, it builds trust, which is honestly, when you're in a super competitive market, um, I mean, trust is all you got. To rely on, you know, like you, you, you need to be memorable and you need to be, it's basically PR. You need to be memorable and you need to be trusted. You need to, you know, no, like, no, like trust. Um, but the good news is everybody, like most businesses just suck at all this stuff. So like, if you make the effort, you will, you will be able to, to transcend because like a lot of people just don't see this stuff. And it's so easy with technology to distribute whatever content you want. I mean, um, to people, um, and a lot of times you can convert a previously unconverted lead with a really good testimonial. And that's extremely valuable. You know, I mean, we need to rethink what a bad lead is and what the purpose of our business is. Are we here to help people or are we here to make money? If you're here to make money, you know, you're only going to go so far. I mean, you need you need to have a why, right? And so
0: you need to get on these calls. No, I agree, and I and I think this is important, a really important conversation because it's it's a blend of things. It's not one tactic, and you need. To, and I think now you do need to go to really high quality people for that individual piece because, like you made a very important point. It's so easy to upload and distribute video now. That you have to cut through the noise, and you have to have someone's really good at that piece. Like you're saying, the lead gen piece, get the attention, grab the attention. We don't do that because it's it's a specific talent. It's like knowing comedy, knowing timing, knowing those types of things is a very specific time talent. That that's why I mean, have you ever seen a stand up comedian say, "Oh yeah, I started stand up comedy yesterday, and now I'm famous"? No, it's always ten years of stand up comedy, right? And that's not even dynamic that's them going up and doing the same bit over and over again. This is that's why I think it's so important the data you have in because everyone talks about data. The data you have inside your head of all the things that you've done and haven't done and created that didn't work and work is important and I think that when someone goes to hire someone just because they have a camera it doesn't mean they're a great or even a great beautiful cinematographer it doesn't mean they're a great video marketer.
1: Yeah, I mean uh yeah.
0: uh so i have nothing else
1: to expand on that yeah i mean like of course but like the 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 other thing i'll say is like if you want a way to like be different and you don't want to like get into all this like scripting and you're convinced you're not funny i mean i used to think i couldn't write comedy but now i think i'm okay at it um so i don't know maybe you're good and you should try doing some comedy but i um Honestly, I think there's the other side of it, which is just like, like if I, like if I owned like an e-commerce business or like, I, or like a company that I was trying to get leads for and I was out there doing ads all the time, just like going out there and being really, really raw and vulnerable, I think is the other way to do it. Because that's the other thing that people aren't doing is being vulnerable. like, I think Instagram has destroyed America and like. Because it's just like a curated version of our life. It's not just Instagram, though. Like, we all chase status, and we all chase, like, this feeling of importance. And when we can curate that, we can make sure that we are seen as important by anyone that sees us. And then we're validated when they like, comment, share our stuff, or whatever. Uh, And that makes us feel good. Um, But what if you were, for a moment, to just go on, just, just go up there, and just like if you really care about what you do, like to just go up there and just make a video which is like pours your heart out. I mean, that would get attention. That would be memorable, you know? Like, and you see, like in all of these cases, we're just searching for something real, you know? Like something real to hold on to, like make me feel something, you know? I mean, like when I was, I used to work in um, publishing so i used to like run all these like big facebook video programs in the days when organic facebook video was huge um and when i was at like when i was running video at like new york magazine and when i was at now this and stuff our most viral videos were always the heart string tugger stories about people overcoming adversity Um, But they were real because because we were doing journalism like it wasn't one of these fake overcoming adversity things. Right. Where it's kind of like, do you want to hear the story about how I was living in a ditch and now I'm a multi-billionaire? It wasn't like that crap. It was, um, you know, it was like real stories of like people like beating cancer and then like winning a triathlon or like. You know, something like that. And that stuff always went viral and it was memorable and people would remember it and talk about it and it would become water cooler. That's what you need to do for your brand um, is create those real true connections and emotions with your potential customers. And you can do that in like the scripted way and make them laugh and, and, and get on the same team with them. But you can also be really vulnerable. And I mean, people are just so nervous about that. Um it, I don't know. It's what sta- um, yeah,
0: it's what stands out. It's what, and I, I right. just had this discussion with a client because we d- were doing her bio video, and she's an attorney. I won't mention who she is, and ch- she talks about September 11th and how she started like, and she just walked out from working with a person and like started crying, and she starts crying in the video, and she's like, oh, she said, oh, well, my the other attorney said they uh, no one wants to see an attorney cry. I'm like, no, this is gold, Ugh. you. You, you, because it's you genuinely yeah. crying about, it's not, you're not crying about losing a case. You're crying about something that is a, a mutual experience with everyone. You keep that in there. I know it's scary, but that's what people are going to remember. Yeah. And, and if someone yeah. doesn't hire you because yeah. you're crying because of the World Trade Center come down, do you want to work with them? <laughs>
1: But it's all crap anyway, like what am I get? Like, like that's just people not thinking about people, like we don't have enough empathy, we're so concerned about ourselves all the time and that's not going to go away. But that lawyer that gave that advice was not actually thinking about the people that might hire her, like he wasn't thinking about her or she or whoever gave the advice, they weren't thinking about that person, you know, because that person is going to look at it and see a little bit more of themselves. Because how I mean, like we all like to pretend on social media because that's where we see everybody uh, that everything's all rosy all the time. But like, I don't know. I have a therapist. I have a couple business coaches. I'm going through shit all the time, man. Like things are not always so pretty, you know, like if I see stories that are real and help me and like mirror the actual emotional reality that I'm facing, then I'm going to feel a connection to them. And like that will lead to all that other crap that we measure, like clicks and sales and leads and all these things. But yeah, I mean, like it, it's actually not that hard to think about. Like I, I'm I'm making it, I make it seem a little bit difficult because it's like oh you have to write comedy scripts or whatever. But all I'm trying to do is get to the emotion, you know. Um, and if I like, if I was a personal brand, I mean, I am, I guess, but I'm not selling anything right now. So like, I mean, I guess if I was out there like trying to sell myself or like a company that I was like, you know, and I was creating a lot of ads, I mean, I would just go and pour my heart out everywhere I could, you know, I mean, cause I do care. I mean, if you don't care, then it's hard. But I mean, if you care, if you have a why, if you have a reason for doing this, Uh, People will feel that authenticity. And they they just want to, like, everyone is out there just wanting to be heard. And it's very difficult with social media to do that because it's not a listening platform. It's like a one-sided conversation platform. So the best thing that you can possibly do to help people feel heard is to be real with them so that they can feel like somebody is finally saying a truth that they never get to hear. You know, and you can do this across the board. You can do this in e Like many people that I know that have started e-commerce businesses have started them for like very like personal reasons, you know, like they invented a product because of a certain way that they feel or like there was a problem in their lives or some of them have even more heartfelt stories, you know, like a family member died of X, Y, Z. So they invented something to help prevent this problem. Like I want all the dirty laundry, you know, to be out there because that is going to make people fall in love with you. And they'll be brand loyal too, because they'll be buying it's more than a transaction for them. And that will eventually compel word of mouth, which is the most powerful marketing tactic that there is, but it's very hard to scale.
0: It is. It is. So speaking of marketing tactics, how do you feel about user generated content? That's not really users.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going off on that before the show. I'm glad that we're in yeah. So I um, mean yeah, I have a big I have a big problem with that, right? So I mean like it's partially TikTok's fault, but it's also just kind of like groupthink sheep stuff, you know? Um like trying to copy what works. I mean because a lot of this like user generated content, which essentially means that there is a customer who makes a video with their phone that often feels TikTok y or Instagram story raw and tells people about it. Um, and that means a customer, right? But now there's a whole thing, right? So 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 every every business now is pursuing getting user generated content. I know because I talk to so many businesses all the time. That they all want more user generated content because they're on these business groups and Facebook groups with other people that are saying user generated content is the best thing you can have. And, you know, we all just follow, follow, follow. Or like we had one that really blew up. And so, industries have now been created around this and a normalization of the idea that we can hire an actor or a fake influencer, which I just coined just now to uh to do it <laughs> yes for them like is okay i just find it like supremely unethical that's all really like like because because the thing is it's like you never want to hurt anybody right like ethics are hard like i i often teach like i teach like a pr class in college and we talk about ethics and it's very hard to teach and i mean it kind of comes down to do the right thing but then ultimately do the right thing is is kind of like very subjective. So it's kind of hard and what where where we always end up on where like what's ethical and what's not is if it causes harm to other people, it's probably not eth- like like it should not cause harm to other people known or unknown to that person, I guess. That's kind of my definition of ethical, my personal definition. There's probably a lot of people that disagree with that. It's a very hard thing to define. But I would argue that if you are hiring someone who is not an actual customer to do an ad for you, which is essentially a testimonial, but like it's filmed with a phone and they're not an actual customer, but you send them the product and you say, here's what I want you to film for me. And they are saying, Hey, I just got this in the mail. It's amazing. It does this, this, and this, or I bought this off of this, this site. Um, I think that's doing a lot of harm because you're tricking people. I mean, because no, I mean, the thing is, is anybody watching that and thinking it's not a customer, no everybody thinks it's a real customer and there are companies that have built entire businesses and reputations off of fake user-generated content and it's total garbage and it's become so ubiquitous now that 90 percent of the user-generated content that you think you see like if you get a lot of it in your feed as you do like most of it is lies like these are not actual customers how do you feel about that like if you're listening to this show and you didn't know that how do you feel and ch- chances are if you're listening to this show you do know that so what do you think if like your uncle or something who doesn't know anything about this industry knew that knew that would he be surprised or your aunt would she be surprised and how would it make them feel you know oh like most of the my, most of these testimonials that you see are fake you know like they're just actors hired really Yeah, they're actors, but they look real. They're just shot with a phone, right? Yeah, they're paid. It's a whole thing. Oh, but you can't put fake reviews on websites, right? Like you couldn't go on Amazon and post a fake review. They would take it down, right? Yeah, it's just not policed. Oh, okay. So it's just like gray hat marketing, almost black hat, you know? Uh, I don't find it ethical, and I also don't think it's necessary, (laughs) honestly, if you're a good business personally
0: yeah I I mean I agree completely and you know there are some industries where it's it's monitored a uh, funny story we were doing a lawyer video and I stood in as like the in it for b-roll as it, the client I didn't pretend to be a client except for in the b-roll and it didn't even say I was a client it was just me and him talking across there and the ethics board act, and then we had one of our other Uh, PA's production assistants stand in as another client and we didn't say they were clients it was just like hey sitting at a table talking right b-roll and um, the ethics board came back and said well she she doesn't look like a criminal
1: (laughs) that's interesting
0: wow so but I did I I fit I fit oh man but but to your point with fake fluencers and I love that term I'm, I just bought the domain. So, no, I'm just kidding. Did you really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to buy any more domains. My wife is... I'm not that so, like close to that. I know,
1: right? It becomes a... Yeah, it turns you into a serial... It's a, it, it fulfills your serial entrepreneur thing. Maybe one day I'll have a webinar that does something with that and I'll want it.
0: <laughs> but, you know, at the other side of the other problem with fake user-generated content is what I see... The positive side of actually talking to customers, which Rick Cesari, who did, you know, Sonicare has been on and, you know, mm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, t- you talk to your customers and you listen to them and have them do videos and actually interview them and see what they say and for real. Because that's that's yeah. gold for your business. And and you're just being lazy by saying, oh, I'm going to get an actor. Right. If you have a product that stinks that you can't get a couple people to say, talk about it then you need to fix your product. You don't need to go get user-generated content. I, or you I, need to fix
1: your customer service.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. You need to fix something. If you can't get pe- great people to talk, real people to talk about great stuff. And you're missing a huge opportunity. Yeah. Because also when you talk to your customers, yeah. you, you learn more about your product, you learn how they're using it, you learn what's great about it, what they don't like about it, what they like about your customer service. You also hear keywords, you never know. like. And, and you get genuinely good and emotional response. Now, I, I, I feel like subconsciously we can tell when someone's being fake. And most of these actors on here, their emotional response is a little off. And I think mm-hmm. subconsciously people can tell that. To your point of emotions. Emotions sell everything. Empathy sells everything. And if we don't have that emotional arc, they're not going to make a decision. So, I I stand with you. I think the fake user-generated content or actors is just a bad pain for that. It's just a bad 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 practice.
1: I mean, it's going to go away. I mean, like it's just it's too it's too uh I don't know. Like it's not going to be around forever. But don't, you know, it, it's not going to I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't fulfill your brand. And this is a great point that you were being like you should be talking to your customers anyway, like I was so I'm giving this talk at Social Media Week Lima in Ohio next week about user generated content, essentially or like testimonials, and I was really thinking about how to deliver this talk. I didn't. I've been struggling, and I did a bunch of journaling this morning on it. And um, what I came to essentially was that I'm gonna sort of talk about what you just talked about because I think it's right on. Like the first step to this is not some tactic to like get people to you know because obviously the first thing that people face is how do i get people to do it you know like how do i get people to film use generated content because people will either say they'll do it and then not do it or they will just not even respond to you so you have to incentivize them give them free stuff and everything or you have to or, or they'll do it and it'll suck you know because it just won't have everything in it it'll it'll suck from a marketing perspective you know like it won't sell for you um so i was really i was trying to figure out how i'm gonna do this talk and what i decided on was what i'm i'm gonna zoom out i think at the beginning and be like listen you, this needs to be like if if you you need to create an environment in your business where you and your customers are friends, you're on the same level, they feel like they have an intimate relationship with your business, they love you, they're loyal, and they would be happy to do this. And they would be happy to be emotional about it. And they would be happy to be raw. You need to create a business and create a experience for them where they know that you really care about them and you're not just another number. You need to create that first, you know, because we've I've seen it all during my time doing this stuff like, hey, please take a fifty dollar Amazon gift certificate for a video or this or that. Like a hundred dollar Amazon gift certificate like that stuff doesn't really work. You know, I mean, it really like like people ultimately the biggest thing that's going to incentivize people won't be money. It will be actually feeling heard and listened to and cared about. You know, Um, what's the biggest way to make people like you? To make them feel important. So you should make your customers feel important to you and to the world and to everything that they're doing. If they buy something from you, they should be king. I mean, you, you don't exist as a business without them. So you need to be in the trenches with them. Or if you're a larger company, you need to have like a system in place so that they feel really connected to the company. And then this whole user generated content and testimonial thing gets easy. Like you hire somebody who can capture the really good content because the raw material is already going to be there. It just needs to be shaped. And the user-generated content is going to be... I mean, because ultimately, it doesn't really matter how they record it. It just needs to feel real and have emotion. They're not going to have any problem with that if they love you. So you have to create a good business first. If you think you're going to win on tactics, you won't. Like, you have to create a good business first and have these principles in place and actually care about what you're doing and care about your customers and yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't even say it's a harder road. I mean, it's 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 more fun. It's more interesting. You fill your life with more purpose. I mean, we're on this planet for like a sliver of 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 the history of time. Like, what are you going to do with it? You know, you're just going to like lie to people and try to make some money and then you know and then you then you're 60 or 70 and you're like yeah what am I gonna do now I got like t- 20 years left yeah I mean like what like you have to care you have to you have to stand for something you have to believe in something even if it's small. So anyway yeah don't pull the wool over your customers' eyes that's the best way to uh, <laughs> it's the best way to kill your brand imagine yes, uh, like like if if anybody out there is running fake user generated content imagine if your current customers knew that you were doing that what would they say do you think if you got them in a room
0: they'd be not happy
1: be pissed <laughs> i think i i mean i would be
0: i would yeah, be pissed, even, even if they loved your product Mm-hmm. They'd, they'd, be, they'd be it's pissed. almost
1: like you're buying because because really what you're buying is trust like when you're selling something online you're trying to get them to trust you you're selling trust and what you do to sell that trust is social proof like you use other customers to help say listen you should trust these guys because they they help me they can help you and that's a big reason i've got stats on this that i don't have in front of me but i'm sure you have the mind because you're you you run in this too so, social proof is the biggest driver of sales online so what if it's all a lie you know i, I don't know i don't know i i i don't really know that that's the that, that that's a world i want to be a part of um so maybe we can eradicate it through this podcast because i know you have you know billions of listeners across the world <laughs> and we're going to reach every single one of You know know what, though? It
0: only takes an idea.
1: It only takes an idea.
0: Nope. It will. It will. Matt, this has been awesome. Where can people find you these days? You said no more social media.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I recently, I'm trying to like post on social media through like other platforms to get stuff out there. But I don't look at it anymore because I realized that. It makes me feel like absolute trash like every time I go on social media I think that I'm behind everybody I get massive imposter syndrome I am looking I'm fishing for validation it like it creates massive unhappiness in my life so I've decided to stop using it because I don't want to be like an unhappy person who always thinks that I'm not the person that I should be because I'm looking at everybody else so that's why I'm not on social media or, I mean, like, <laughs> not looking at it. Um, I'm not so naive to think that I can, like, ignore a whole distribution platform. But I, I, I don't feel that consuming it is good for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, I, I haven't, like, my, my agency website, I guess, is the best place, which is guidesocialglobal.com. Nice. Well, we'll I'm in a ranting there. mood today, apparently.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Rant. Marketing <laughs> rants. Marketing Rants. With Matt Johnston, with a T. Oh, geez. Matt Johnston, with yeah, T for that's right. TikTok. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you. Uh, thank you all for taking Matt and I on your journey. Make sure you go like all his stuff and tell him how he moved you. And uh, <laughs> this has been on Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show.